say this it's Merlinda because I probably shouldn't have that one last old fashioned last night. <laughs> it's always the one last old fashioned. <laughs> like, uh, it'll be fine. <laughs> They're so small, you know. <laughs> there's not, there's no booze in this like glass. It's mostly ice. Welcome to another episode of Individuality Unleashed, where we talk all things marketing, performance, brand, and all things about unleashing your individuality. My name is Vern Trimble, Senior Director of Content and Communications here at Wonderkin, and I am joined today by activist, entrepreneur, philanthropist, all-around amazing man, Rob Smith. <sighs> Rob, did I miss anything? Uh, you missed a lot, Tell but, but I'm not going to go into that right now. Let's, you, let's, you must. You, well, I mean, God, I'm a I'm a great husband. Mm -hmm. I'm a yogi. I'm a traveler. Yes. I'm a avid drinker. Um, <laughs> let's see what else. I I try to I try to just be a good human. I, I mean, that. that's basically every day I wake up and I say, how can I make a difference in the world? I love that. And, I, and I go to bed with gratitude every night, and I fall asleep thinking about how grateful I am in my life to have everything I have. That's the mindset that I wish many more people would adopt. So I love that you're coming. You're bringing that energy to the studio today. So I'm so excited to have you here. Well, Vern, every time we're with you, we have that energy. Yes, Close, we do. Yeah, it bounces off each other. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. we do. We're yeah. two tall guys. I'm 6'7". Rob, how tall are you? I'm 6'9". Six, six, no, I'm just kidding. Six. <laughs> six. I just want to be taller than you. I'm 6'4". Uh, yeah, 6'6 six, six in heels. So, so we, we have a lot of tall <laughs> yeah, energies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be, I would be 7'1 in heels. Big, big boy energy. <laughs> exactly right. Um, Rob, I'm so excited to chat with you today. There's so many interesting topics that we're going to cover today. But before we jump into all of these interesting insights, I first want you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your career. Set the stage for the folks so they sure. know that you're coming with some power. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, professionally, I started my career off, uh, gosh, 35 years ago in corporate America. I worked for federated department stores. Um, people might remember now it's Macy's. So spent about 22 years at Macy's. And then I worked my way through up through, you know, the leadership there. I went on to work for Victoria's Secret Direct for a couple months, couple of years and then Levi's and Nike. And then I um, professionally decided to take a break and take a trip around the world, go on a bit of a walkabout and backpacking through the world. And I uh, went through uh, India, Nepal and Tibet and learned about um, like Eastern religion, Eastern philosophy. And then I went to Central America and did some indigenous ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And uh, on that on that journey, the Fluid Project was born in the Amazon um, during a spiritual journey. And that's and that's I wrote down. I remember uh, going in with an intention and I wrote down um, the next day. My intention was what I do with my life. And I wrote down on April 14th, 2017, consider opening a gender free, non-binary shopping environment. And I wrote fluid in quotation marks and I opened the store 10 months later. I love that. A couple of things there. Intentionality is very important. So if anyone is trying to set a goal and achieve it, write it down. That's right. It's exactly right. what you did. And yeah. you were able to execute because you set a very clear and precise goal of, of exactly it's, what it is that you wanted. When you go in and ask, anyway, when you intend, have an intention, you can, you, what you manifest then mm -hmm. is what is, what is meant to be. And I believe that, you know, I believe in Dharma. Yeah. I believe that, you know, when you, um, when you, get away from all the clutter and all the noise and you uh, think about what really brings you joy and sit with that. It comes to you. And to me, that is, that's is the life that I want to live, a life of Dharma. A Dharma is when you're aligned with your, your gift and your purpose and you, that's what you do to share with the world and maybe make some money at the same time doing it. I love that. So you've aligned with your gift and your purpose. You're making money around 
the Fluid Project. I know mean, you just mentioned that. Could right. You, could you describe what the Fluid Project is and the mission and, and what you're looking sure. to achieve? Sure. The mission statement itself is very interesting. It's to challenge boundaries with humanity. So we question everything and say the way it is and the way it was isn't necessarily the way it should be. Mm. And are there better ways to be? Is there a better way to uh, serve humanity? And uh, it's the intersection of, I call it conscious capitalism, You know, mm. where we can still make money, but do it with um, consciousness and inclusion. So fluid itself is, um, the word says a lot, it's the, the space between two binary um, spaces. So the fluidity, almost like uh, water in a river, you yeah. know, between two sides, flowing easily between the two. And, um, and there's many binary spaces that we live in. Actually, the world is all created on, on constructs that are binary constructs. Sure. And I think the space in between is super interesting. Sometimes that's where we find our authentic selves. And the pH in front of fluid is spelled the pH is for balance. Hmm. This idea that they, they would find the balance in us and the harmony. Interesting. Yeah. And so the Fluid Project is a gender-free fashion brand mm -hmm. uh, with apparel, accessories, scents, more categories launching next year. And um, started off as the world's first gender-free store, mm -hmm. a place where uh, folks could shop without being in, in gendered spaces to dress yourself authentically. But it was also a community space, a space where folks of all identities and all ages, all races, all ethnicities, all faiths could come into into be their authentic selves. And we had about 250 events in two years when wow. the store was open and it was panel discussions and fashion shows and poetry reading. And I learned a lot in that space. So um, fluid door closed, but uh, that one door closed and 10,000 doors open. So fluid is in 10,000 doors right now across the country and launching globally, which is really exciting. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. That's super. It's like, it's wild. And then um, get fluid. So one of our social codes at fluid is we're all students, we're all teachers. And I, and I took that to heart and sat there and listened and learned to young people, especially in the Gen Z space. And, and then I started to become a teacher and go into corporate spaces and, and teach and kind yeah. of take this information and share it so that we launched Get Fluid, gender expansive training, and that's helping corporations prepare for a gender expansive and gender expressive workforce and customer base. And then um, launched uh, the Fluid Foundation uh, two years ago, which is raising money for critical fu funds for grassroots organizations across the country. Most people give to Trevor Project or HRC, these big companies, but I created a national organization that gives to grassroots mm -hmm. uh, local organizations, spe specifically focusing on the most marginalized in the queer community, trans women of color and homeless queer youth. It's very important. Very, very important. And you know what, what's phenomenal about what you've established is you, we, you talked just earlier about Dharma and intentionality, but a lot of investors are afraid to take a bet on you and your vision. And you took, if I, my research serves me correctly, you took a big bet on yourself. I took a big bet on myself. Yeah. I think if I look at the investment, I had uh, a few um, uh, angel investors who I am deeply grateful for, deeply grateful for, and a, a small crowdfunding, but ultimately 97% of the investment was my own personal money. Yeah. Yeah. That's major. It's major. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm almost out of debt. You know, still not done yet. Still working there. But I, I, it looks like by the end of this year, I'll be in a in a much better personal f fiscal position 
Uh, but it's been uh, a, it's been five crazy ass years. I can tell you that. Wow. You know, wow. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. been it's then throw a little COVID on top of it. You know, having a store and uh, it was it's been it's been a wild ride. I would do it all over again, yeah. and that's the that's the interesting part mm -hmm. is I would do it all over again. Yeah. You know, it's nothing at all what I planned, but everything that it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal, Rob. And I, I want to dive in deeper around your your mission and what you're looking to achieve. You you spoke very uh, adamantly and eloquently about uh, the communities that you uh, hope to serve and that you are serving. Um, and you know, I have a few stats here that I wanted to run by sure. you and get your your position on as we talk uh, more about your 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 legacy and what you've uh, the positive change that you're uh, affecting right now. But Research shows that 55% of Gen Zs globally have purchased fashion outside of their gender identity. And around 70% of consumers say that they are interested in buying gender fluid fashion in the future. With younger generations leading the way, yep. what implications does uh, does this have for society? And what should this signal to brands regarding their approach to marketing and their product offerings? That's, that's a lot rolled in there. Well, 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 you know, what you've signaled is um, there are two two different things to separate. There is gender identity and gender expression. And I think they can coexist or they can be separate. So what we're seeing now, especially in the runways we're seeing in and, and, and red carpets is that, you know, men are dressing a bit more feminine mm -hmm. and women are dressing more masculine. We've seen that for a while, but I think that the big shift is men embracing the femininity, this idea of like jewelry and, and pearl necklaces mm -hmm. and, you know, think about Harry Styles and Timothy Chalmay. And it's just, it's starting to become mainstream. Now, not everyone's going to walk away from cargo shorts and polo shorts. Sure. I totally get that, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's a mainstay. But, but what I love about this is this is creating more fashion in the men's space. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the women's space has already been a, a place of fashion, but I love seeing the the men's movement, you know, being embracing a bit more feminine. It's it's actually always happened. I mean, if you think about the 70s, yeah. like how, you know, like the, you know, the hippie look was That's very really universal, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, in the 80s. I mean, everybody was wearing, you know, uh, polo shirts with their collars turned up. Yeah. It was very in the, I remember the know, shoulder pads, the that, shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah. Era. And there's always been this like yeah. bit of like androgyny, but mm -hmm. it's it's coming into a new way, I think. And it's really if you go way up. Um, men presenting feminine has been the opposite of what for thousands of years we have wanted is men are masculine and men are present as men and women present as women and a sign of uh, femininity is a sign of weakness. Or that's how it's been portrayed. Mm -hmm. And now I th think we're at a place where we see femininity uh, as a place of power and strength and um, leaning into that beauty of the feminine side. And there, there's that, that whole dynamic of male, female, not necessarily about genitalia or your biological way you are, but mm -hmm. about your, your spirit and your essence. And I think about femininity is compassion, empathy, yeah. um, you know, this really the kind of like um, creativity and masculinity as, as other aspects. So yeah. I love the fact of celebrating the feminine. Uh, yeah. So with the shift in the zeitgeist and the shift in just the way that people are choosing to present themselves, how should our, with our audience listening, consumer, how should brands be thinking about embracing in an authentic way how the world is yeah. changing and evolving? The, the, the thing that I always say is, more business <laughs> that always yeah. gets people's attention. This is creating more business. I think about things like beauty brands, you know, um, 
uh, how do you bring into uh, a social media or a campaign you, uh, people who present as male wearing makeup or nail polish mm -hmm. or how do you in jewelry and how do how does it become uh, how do we find spaces in retail which is very binary yeah, yeah. very male female whether it's online or in stores spaces where there's uh, a gender inclusive space you know um it's really good for business. It's mm -hmm. good. It's good for I, I even small little details like I ask, I recommend to stores if they want to move with this journey, just take the word women's off of dresses and mm -hmm. make it dresses. Mm -hmm. Take men's off of suits and make it suits. You start to invite more people into your space, make it more inviting. You know, it doesn't change the the, the product necessarily, but yeah. it invites more people into your space. And that's it's really about inviting more people into your space to spend more money mm -hmm. and make the business more successful. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I think about this evolution of virtue sig signaling that's occurring. And I'm sure many people have experienced it, whether it be rainbow washing during Pride, Pride Month yep. or, you know, talking about regenerative materials for like only during like world Earth Day. April, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, April 20th, like, yep. Like, but you don't talk about it for the rest of the year. Right. Um, how can brands authentically uh, and inclusively address these concerns and that that doesn't come off as patronizing, but ultimately, which which also missed the marks, but yeah. in a way that's authentic, that actually helps to embrace their audience and their community and their shoppers, uplifts them and allows people to feel included as opposed to, uh, I guess, marked only for a certain time of year? Yep. Well, I think there's two there's two topics here. There's one identifying the LGBTQ community mm -hmm. and speaking to them year round and with an authentic intentional campaign. And then there's gender freedom in clothing, apparel, fashion that's that's that has nothing to do with LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. Um so, you know, just being liberating in the way you express yourself. So, I put those into two different buckets. Okay. Want to talk about each one of them? Yes, sir, All right, let's let's talk about LGBTQ. So, you know, you just see like lots of companies jump in in June, um, you know, the queers have a lot of money. I mean, I think we're $1.7 trillion in spending a year. So we have a big budget a lot of money. and people want our dollars yes. and I don't blame them. Um, and we spent freely, you know, in large part, um, lots of the queer community are affluent, um, no kids type of uh, people. So we have lots of money to spend on travel, mm -hmm. luxury goods, that type of stuff in general. I mean, there's, listen, there's people suffering. I'm not going to, uh, not going to ignore that, but in, in large part, discretionary money. And so how do you, how do you speak to this, uh, customer base in a way that's authentic? And I think what's really happening right now is people are leaning in and being more inclusive and we're seeing marketing strategies like blow up, you know, because mm -hmm. we are in the middle of a cultural war right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm not going to be shy about it. You know, I think what, what happens is we need, uh, our partners in corporate America, I'm speaking as a queer man, um, to be unwavering in support for us mm -hmm. and not to, um, when, when people come and attack through social media to, to not to, to, to not to bend. Mm -hmm. And, and when a company bends, you lose both sides. You've already lost one side for speed standing up with the queer community. And mm -hmm. then you lose a queer community for bending to the radical, uh, groups of people. So, be unwavering in your support and do it year round. Don't just do it in June. And I, I believe that there are key elements in supporting the queer community, which include um, beyond parades and parties. You know, we are we're more than that. We uh, education is key. Uh, philanthropy is key. Giving back to the community. So yeah, 
you know, that's what Fluid is. Fluid really works with companies to have strong strategies that are solid, that we stand with our corporate partners and we help them navigate through tough times. And we really build with their employee resource groups, authentic um, campaigns and strategies that make the culture really um, solid. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be in it would be in the best interest of brands when considering adopting or participating in any of these movements or causes for any for any group. Yeah. But specifically the LGBT groups or groups that are typically have been marginalized and haven't been supported is to take a stance and be adamant and firm about that stance. You have to be unwavering. Also. That's right. Be unwavering. Be unwavering in your support. Um, that's what people are seeing is we're seeing really, really solid supporters for years. Mm -hmm. Um uh, wavering and, and bending. And, and I understand, listen, nobody understands more than me. I'm, I, you know, I also sit in the board of uh, directors for Steve Madden. I've sat in, you know, the C-suite at Macy's and other corporations. So I understand corporate, like the, the, the desire to keep the comp sales growth and also, um, the stock value increasing for shareholders. Um, DEI is a part of that, but it's, it can't be, it's, it's gotta be really, um, it's got to be a commitment yeah. that that, like I said, can't bend under pressure. Absolutely, absolutely. No, that's that's. And, and then the other part is just like creating a, a gender free space or inviting people into areas. Mm -hmm. You know, so many retailers talk about her. You know, she. Yeah. Our customer is she's. You know, this and she's that and. I think, first of all, you're alienating a large group of people identify as male. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of men who are shopping. Um, it used to be that the woman shopped for the man and in, in mm -hmm. in, in everything's always based on a heteronormative relationship of male-female. But there are lots of people who are men who shop for themselves. And mm -hmm. unless you're a men's retailer, people still talk about her. They feature her in social media. And they also don't have a very, like, now we're starting to see more people of color mm -hmm. in campaigns, which is great. Mm -hmm. More body positive people in campaigns, more people of different abilities. And I think now is the time to actually push into, you know, self-expression beyond the gender binary. Yeah. And, that, and that's like, that's inviting even more people into your space. I agree. I think that's yeah. cool. A little off topic. I remember when uh, Rihanna and Vinti, she, uh, she had some big plus size guys in her ads. I was like, oh, big guy like me. Hey, I see me. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. I see me. When you see yourself in a campaign, you're like, hell yeah. yeah. I haven't seen me in a campaign at all. Exactly. And people right. see themselves. It's so affirming. You know, I think that it's not about um, marketing. Um, and I think sometimes the one thing I want to talk about is marketers get ahead of the company sometimes. They get it, they jump ahead, like, yeah, let's start doing that. Yeah. Let's start marketing to, you know, um, we're traditionally like, you know, uh, a beauty brand that is primarily Caucasian skin mm -hmm. people. Let's start marketing to people of color. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the shades of colors for those, for yeah, those, gonna that can, you're going to start, it's problematic. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so marketers just have to work in tandem with the with the merchants with the with the company strategies and that get ahead of themselves or that creates uh an uncomfortable situation for everybody yeah yeah that's great that's great i wanted to as a ceo and founder uh with with all of this in mind and obviously these insights you've obviously deployed for uh for your organization for fluid other brands could adopt the same process, but I want you to share your primary priority for this year in terms of reaching and connecting with your customers. How do you plan? How do you plan to engage with them effectively? With my customers, with, fluid customers. Yes. Well, customers meaning <clears throat> shoppers and community, or customers meaning corporate partners. Let's do both. Okay, <clears throat> how do I work with? Well, our our um, 
our fluid family, I call it. Our fluid mm -hmm. family is our community. Community is fluid is um, a gender free fashion brand, but it's grounded in community and education and community is a big part of who we are. So, you know, um, for a pride photo shoot, I went down to Virginia uh, Beach and did the photo shoot, getting into community, going to communities and spotlighting people. You know, we're all about spotlighting people who are often overlooked and under their voices are not heard. So we want to amplify voices of our community. So we continue to do that through social media and um, and just activations. You know, we're having lots of activations this month, but I will continue to travel around the country and activate, especially start spending more time and focusing on the South. That's a lot of where our um, funding is going to from our foundation. So meeting with the executive directors of these nonprofits and showing up and saying, yeah. what else can we do to support you? So, okay. I mean, sometimes it's a virtual call and sometimes it's being there in person, but I continue to be uh, educated by our ambassadors, by our community. They continue mm -hmm. to lead and guide me and be my counsel. And I appreciate them deeply. I am because of my team and uh, both my team, like who's on my, um, payroll, but also beyond that, uh, the, the, the people I lean into help keep us focused on the right path. I love that. Did you call them fan ambassadors? I call them fan ambassadors. Yeah. Did you trademark that? <laughs> I did not, but I should have. It's did called it. I mean, we put a pH <laughs> on everything we love. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're called the fan ambassadors mm -hmm. and they're our fluid family with a pH. Yeah. Love the that. fam, we call them the fam. So our corporate partners, yes. we're really leaning in and, and helping them navigate, um, this, it's an interesting time, you know, where corporations are moving to be more inclusive, you know, you know, ESGs, you know, ER, um, employee resource groups, right. you know, corporate social responsibility, everybody's leaning. And then there's this like pushback right now happening. Right. So how, we're like where we were, you know, we help companies with we call it gender 101, helping companies navigate la gendered language and just the entire cis normative heteronormative existence that we live in and how do you create a space mm -hmm. for folks who don't identify as being cis or hetero and then and understanding language and then we get deeper into strategy work with impacting culture and i love to do the leadership team so mm -hmm. sometimes i go in and i do a leadership session yeah. and go into um a C-suite and talk about language and, you know, DEI. And I think that everyone thinks that's kind of nice, squishy stuff, mm -hmm. you know, warm and fuzzy. Yeah. But I'm like, then we talk about business and I do a SWOT analysis of what their competitors are doing. And then when then we go into opportunities and challenges of how this could do more business for right. the company, because once, like I said, once we get into talking about business, yeah. people start to pay attention and, uh, and you, you create a space in the middle, mm -hmm. which doesn't necessarily take away from the other two sides of male, female, but you create a space in the middle for more business and more people, um, that's where the sweet spot is. That's where you mentioned those stats. That's 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 the place that people are just figuring out they want to how to do it. Yeah. Because the the infrastructure is built so solidly around male, female, how do you do it beyond marketing? And that's so great. Because effective positive change, and I and I firmly believe this, it starts with the top. So your ability to uh to insert yourself or be a part of these corporate conversations, speaking about DNI initiatives, but also being able to correlate that with the bottom line and margins right. is very powerful. It's very powerful. That's <laughs> you get that's why you get people's attention when you say, We're gonna invite more people into your space to do more business. Yeah. That's what people ultimately what we want. We want to do the right thing. That feels good. Feels good to be part of the DEI journey. Mm -hmm. Um, but it also feels really good to deliver to shareholders, to um investors, everyone, you know, comp growth. Yeah. Yeah. More business. Before we started, we actually were talking about um influencers yep. as a part of this. Um, 
and how, you know, creating authentic moments and what makes something viral. What does that actually mean? I want you to just briefly talk about your perspective on macro and micro influencers and yep. how they can impact That's uh, right. brands. I, th I think we've seen campaigns uh, where people go for the big numbers. Yeah. Like that person's got 2 million followers. Let's go after them. And what I what I've seen is that sometimes the micro influencer might be the better person. And I'll use an example like they're uh, a beer company <laughs> used a transgender model. And um, I, I'm very encouraging of people to have representation from the entire LGBTQ community and to spotlight someone who identifies as trans, which is an incredible um, campaign. I think what the challenge was the person who they use as a model didn't look like a beer drinker or a basketball enthusiast. Yeah. Actually. Not only not look, but but admittedly. But admittedly, yeah. I didn't know what the heck March Madness was. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would have I would have advised and I don't know if anybody looked at it, but could we have used a trans model still stuck with a campaign, but somebody who loves beer and loves basketball yeah. and maybe is a micro influencer and might even have more engagement because micro influencers, people have more engagement with, you know, so somebody instead of 1.8 million followers, maybe they have 500,000 followers and the engagement might have been exactly. a, a better and less controversy. I yeah. agree. And I dare to say that if, if they had found a, a model or an actor of that type, might have experienced less pushback. There would have been less pushback, right? Yeah, exactly. It seemed it seemed very performative. Yeah. It seemed like let's take this, put this here, and create a campaign. And it just seemed like it was like head scratching. But you yeah. know, marketers always run into that. Like they like the flavor of the month. Yeah. Like we have to be a part of this without really understanding or having people peep the people in the room that could help make these decisions. They'll run a campaign and they, they realize in hindsight, like, oh, we didn't think this all the way through. Can you talk, uh, talk to us a little bit about like the importance of having people in the room at the table that can help with making these these sorts of decisions? That's right. I, a lot of people ask that question, like, how did this get past um, the employer resource group? Yeah. You know, how did this get past maybe a board member who might identify it. By the way, there, there's very few board members who identify as LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. I think it's 0.6% mm -hmm. of board members with 7% of the population. So largely underrepresented yeah. in the boardroom and even in the executive team. So did somebody scratch their head and say, this seems peculiar to me and, mm -hmm. and maybe not speak up? But also when you think about who the employee resource groups are, they're largely people who look like me and look like you mm -hmm. that tend to be people who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, mm -hmm. probably, you know, gay or uh, lesbian, that there's a, not a lot of folks who are trans mm -hmm. in companies to speak up on behalf of the trans community yeah. to sniff out something that doesn't seem right. So gay and lesbian people might be like, wow, this is great. I love this idea. Mm -hmm. um, it just, and I think that sometimes the answer isn't within your company. That's why going to external companies, I, I Fluid is a good example, going to external specialists who specialize in this and can yeah. sniff out something mm -hmm. like, hey, wait a second, this doesn't smell right. Yeah. You know, we've you you, you mentioned other play other campaigns that we know somebody who a person of color might have seen that and been like, hey, this ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. This is not this is not right sitting right with me. So exactly. how do you have those and encourage a a, a a work dynamic where people can step forward and say, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. I'm not sure 
that some of these places, maybe they don't have that environment yeah. where somebody can step in and say, hey, I'm speaking out. This isn't this isn't right. Yeah, I saw this this tr this train coming. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was mentioning to you. I can't remember. I don't want to call the brand because I can't remember precisely what it was like. Just a, a shirt and a kid and like completely off color. And if the person, if the people that run the campaign understood the implications of what this shirt, the meaning of the shirt and the history behind that, that type of language, someone would have immediately pumped the brakes. Yeah. But it didn't happen. Didn't happen. It, it makes you believe like, who, who was the, where is everyone? <laughs> <laughs> no one, multi-million dollar campaign. Yeah. Nobody's thought this was problematic. Yeah, it went through so many people's hands and yeah, nobody thought about it. Nope. It's wild. Um, I, I also think it's important that we do reflect in this moment and 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 not pull away from inclusive marketing to yeah. having inclusive people. I think it's just about doing it right. right. So I don't what I what I'm fearful of is people are going to pull back, you know, sure. and not spotlight trans um, influencers or transgender models, you know, or just I just think it, it's a very scary if people just decide to pull back altogether. I agree. To, to be fearful of the backlash. Yeah, we have to move forward. Yes, move yeah. forward yeah. together. Yeah, to, and, and to, to kind of sum all of this up, because this is a fantastic conversation, Robert. I could talk to you all day about this. Uh, but looking ahead uh, to the rest of the years, what should brands be particularly focused on to make the most of uh, the rest of this year and the next several years? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, when I work, we work with companies, yeah. we like to build a three-year plan. Okay. We, you know, you can't just eat the whole apple in one bite. <laughs> it's, it's like one bite at a time. Right. So the first year, it all depends where people are in their journeys. Some companies are just now building employee resource groups. So we're helping with that. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's just starting with the leadership team mm -hmm. first and then letting them process it and see how to roll it out. Um, I think it's really for us, you know, working with the DE&I team, and along with the employee resource group team and leadership together to build a strategy yeah. that's a three-year strategy. And, and what's the goal? And, and the goal is to create um, an authentic engagement with the LGBTQ community, really also focusing on intersectionality and then the strength there of the intersectionality mm -hmm. of being queer plus black, queer plus Asian, you know, queer, understanding the, the integration and the um, intersection and and really getting a solid company because of that intersectionality mm -hmm. and understanding that gen z and who you know is a third of the world's population a quarter of the population here in the united states is coming they are starting to work yeah they want corporations that stand up for values that they believe in and they're very fickle and if yes. the company's <laughs> not doing that you know and i'm not gonna say it's easy you know if yeah. you've got we've got five generations together working right. in the workforce and if you're 65 and you're 22, you know, you're not going to see a lot of stuff in common. One yeah. person may not really be, you know, totally down with pronouns while another one is. Right. And I think it's really how a company navigates that is just making people aware you weren't. I don't think um, and when we go, we're never trying to sell like sell something. We're just trying to educate people to be aware of things. Totally. You don't have to, you know, um, right. jump in. You know, you just have to be aware sure. and respect people and yeah. just respect your colleagues and respect your customers. And and it's um, yeah. And, and it really creating like a, a strategy that includes philanthropy, that includes continuous education, that includes the intersectionality where 
I like to believe that um, when you do a uh, training in a company that you can go in and train the other employee resource groups and other employees to become advocates right. on behalf of other underrepresented groups, that's when success and change happens. I already when, hear them. When, when, you're, yeah. when you're in the room and I'm not, you're like, hey, you know, I'm speaking yeah. up on behalf of the LGBTQ community. One, you're not in the room and someone says something, I'm speaking up on behalf of, you know, the black community, the right. brown community, indigenous communities that I am, we are speaking out for each other yeah. through through education and empathy and understanding. I love it. And I have to I have to put this in here because I can I, I I hear them in the back of my brain and like out there listening. How do we measure that, Rob? How do you measure that? Yeah. How <laughs> um, does that how does that move the bottom line? You know how I measure it? I measure um, when I worked at Macy's and we lost employee or we launched employee resource groups and um, I was asked as an executive to oversee one and I chose uh, women of color mm -hmm. and I chose as a, as a white man to be the executive sponsor for women of color. Mm -hmm. And I sat there for for, I don't know, maybe 18 months until Sunday they closed the door and they said, Rob, can we speak to you? I said, of course. And I was so, so, and so that we would like to tell you what racism looks like in this company. Mm, wow. And they told me about microaggressions before I even knew what the word microaggressions was about, about uh, microaggressions around race. And we knew statistically that black men were the highest turnover in the company mm -hmm. in identities and black women were second. Yeah. And so we, I was able to take that information, go to HR, talk about microaggressions and start to start to teach people before this was like, you know, 20 years ago yeah. and, and then start to see the, the change happen, start to see the, 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 that there was like, uh, you know, culturally somebody looked like me was running up and being yeah. like, Hey, look what I did. Look what I did. And, right. and getting promoted and other folks in cultures and communities were just doing work and waiting for somebody to see the good work they did and find them and promote them. And that wasn't happening. Yeah. So how do you then start to do, you know, create systems and, and processes to recognize talent and promote good people um, as opposed to the loudest voice in the room? Right. Because moving up those people and oftentimes like I, I've won, Kudos to uh, to those those women that were brave enough to yes. communicate with you. Kudos to you for make, creating a space that was comfortable for enough for them to share it. Because that's a very touchy, difficult space Yes, to have that type of conversation because there's fear, fear of retaliation and all those things. Not to say that that was that it was the thought process, but like that is just the natural inclination. But I think it also says a lot about understanding and recognizing that there are people in the in the organization in organizations that may feel disenfranchised or not seen that if businesses understood that by seeing them and acknowledging them and giving them helping them to find their voices that they could do more benefit for the business as opposed to allowing them to leave and go be successful somewhere else. Correct. It's like, we want you to stay because, and there we here, here again, um, how do we measure that? Your business will be better. Your business will be better. You will have people in your room helping you make good decisions because of their many identities, their many talents. Right. But if we create and foster a, a very exclusive environment right. with only certain voices coming to the table with certain ideas, the company will not grow. Right. We know that lots of voices, good opinions, fostering a, a culture of where people can come in and share their insights as opposed to be shut down, you know, um, and and silenced, 
these are companies that are successful where le leaderships you know creates that so so yes the answer is how do you do it you st it, it doesn't happen overnight mm -hmm. i i have a, a huge fear that all of these folks who were hired to be run de and i for companies after uh george floyd's murder mm -hmm. and and are now starting to be like okay so what's going on right. you've been in the job for two years what's the change yeah it doesn't happen that quickly it doesn't it takes time it also takes leadership to stick with it yes. and to invest in it so yes. i would just say yeah if you've got de and i in your in your in your organization stick with it commit to it don't cut the budget if we go into uh, a recession that i'm afraid that's the first place that's going to get cut the budget right. is, is is that space so continue to invest in education and creating a culture um of inclusion and an affirming culture okay. you know sometimes we like we just we recognize people and we put, put boxes and we're like look at all the boxes you know we got all the boxes filled yeah. and these boxes are growing and this boxes but we're not affirming people you have to really just work to affirm them yeah. Yeah. I love it because at the end of the day, it's about people. It's about people. Yeah. It's always about people. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I think this is a perfect place to end. Rob, thank you so much for joining us again. Like Thanks. I said, I could talk yeah. to you all day. I, I same here. We, yeah. It's like, it's like great <laughs> conversation. people are like, all right, cut it off y'all. because <laughs> like, We got to get back to work right now. Hopefully they're still, yeah. I think that I would be listening if I were listening to us. Yeah. That's a little egotistical, but I mean, I would. Be listening to us. I think this is well, a great. Comment. Well, listen. If I mean, people know where to find me. I'm 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 very accessible. LinkedIn. Just Excellent. search Rob Smith Fluid. Um, I name Rob Smith is spelled exactly like yeah. you think it would be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and um, what else? How do That's you want to close it? it? Let's just say um, you can tell the folks thank you for watching another episode of Individuality Unleashed. Thank you, folks, for watching another episode of Individuality Unleashed. Um, Vern, you do an amazing job. I Thank just you, appreciate you so much. Absolutely. We'll see yes. you again. Yeah, see you again. Boom. Boom. Boom.